the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. You're listening to uh, the best show on talk radio about real estate that there is, if I say so myself. I'm here with my co-host, Ace Brasupart from Citizens Bank. And again, thank you, Citizens Bank, for sponsoring the show. Um, and thank you, Ace, for being with me from the very beginning. Um, and uh, our guest real estate attorney, Stephen Wagner. Stephen has been a litigator focusing on corporate and real estate law for more than 30 years. Uh, and our Canadian correspondent, who I know forever, who has been in real estate forever, as long as I've been, which is forever, uh, Stephen Moranis. We go back a very long way. Um, and he has a company in Canada. He also writes for Financial Times in Canada. And very knowledgeable about real estate also. And what I was talking to Stephen about is, gee, you know, Canada... You know, the U.S., the biggest population of people of countries that move to, to the U.S. are Canadians. That's the number one country. And so there are a lot of Canadians here. And in many ways, Canadians a lot, you know, like us. But I was looking at what's going on here. And Stephen, how is it similar? What's going on in Canada? Now, I know you didn't get the vaccine. So uh, are you still on lockdown, by the way? Hi, Dottie. Nice to see you. Nice to uh, be on your show and I appreciate the, the compliments. Um, I'm humbled by it. But we are still in Ontario, where Toronto is, and Ottawa, the nation's capital. We're in a stay-at-home order until May 20th, if you can believe it. How we, long has it been? It's been a long time. It's been a 14 months, I think. And um, oh. We can't play. Uh, we can't play golf or tennis outdoors. They shut that down. So there, are a lot of disgruntled uh, recreational kind of athletes upset. Um, and you know the vaccinations are starting to speed up, which is great news. But it's still been slow for whatever reason. And uh, case numbers are high. I mean, it's interesting. There's been some outbreaks. Alberta is now the worst jurisdiction where Calgary is in Western Canada. The most number of cases, they've gone into a complete shutdown as Manitoba, where Winnipeg is, uh, just la uh, effective midnight tonight, with sort of case um, counts going crazy. And I think it's partially because of the variants, right? There's the UK variant. We've got the Brazilian, South African, and Indian variant. Um, 
and uh, we're sort of all patiently hoping, you know, by July 1st, which is our sort of uh, Independence Day, uh, that we might, you know, be able to get back on a tennis court or, or a golf course. And uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. But, you know, the market has been, the real estate, the residential market has been terrific. Um, I just want to sort of mildly correct you. The top foreign buyers, top five foreign buyers in the U.S., um, you know, I wish Canada was number one, but we're number, we're number two. We're number two behind. Oh, well, then it slipped. The last time I spoke, it was China. One. No, China. China, China's number one. Canada's number two. Mexico is number three. India's number four. And believe it or not, Colombia, which you would, you would know from South Florida, is number five. And those are the top five foreign buyer countries. Um, and what they bought in 2020 is down um, from 2019, interestingly enough. And guess what the top five destinations are? You would know this. I mean, number one is Florida. Number two, California is number two. Texas is number three. New York is number four. And New Jersey is number five. And these uh, statistics just came out of an interesting uh, study from National Association of Realtors, of which you're a member. Uh, international transactions in the U.S. Uh, residential real estate. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Canadians. Uh, so, number. So, you're saying uh, that even with the pandemic, and obviously New York City was the epicenter of the pandemic, uh, people still want to be in New York. Well, what do they say? If you can make, NYC, it, if you, you know, can make, Broadway is opening. September 15th, they're not going to have social distancing because uh, I have very good friends that are very involved and they can't afford to, to stay open. Uh, they can't afford to open up and have Broadway open up with social distancing. So in the U.S., Broadway will open up September 15th. There will be no social distancing. And it looks like we're going to get back to, you know, like pretty much the new normal very quickly. Wait, Steve, I, or Ace, When's New York all supposed to open up? June? Which, what are you I asking? I think New York is supposed to open June or something like that. Well, I, I think so the, the governor said July 1st. I, I think I read somewhere, but that's great. I mean, we, we're we not as uh, optimistic. Uh, we're sort of seems to be kind of months behind, but, you know, hopefully our, all our health uh, officials and, and, and politicians are pushing, pushing hard to um you know to get more doses of vaccinations and everyone's they're now thank goodness they're vaccinating 18 years and over there's hot spots that they've identified where they're going down to 18 on on sort of um pop-up clinics which is great and you know we're going to be in the there. u.s it's 16 now i think yeah <laughs> yeah so and, uh, my granddaughter interesting enough she must be on the uh, internet. She's like, I go, you know, are you going to, you know, she's not 16 yet, but she, I said, look at when, when they, when they allow 13 year olds, are you going to get the vaccine? And she said, are you crazy? I said, why? She said, well, don't you know, it's a conspiracy. I said, a conspiracy. She said, yes, they want to get rid of people. There's too many people. So I said to her, well, 
if they want to get rid of people, she goes, so they're going to give the vaccine. They want to give the vaccine to the younger kids. And this way, when they get older and they go to have children, the vaccines will make them infertile and there'll be a population loss, which is what they want. I said, well, then why don't they just give them to the old people? <laughs> she, I said, why the young people? She said, because they don't have kids anymore. So I said, well, you've been on the internet too much. With the, okay. And sure enough, all these kids are saying, we're not going to take them. And then my granddaughter, who was 13, said, and by the way, no one can force me. It's against the Constitution. I said, <laughs> and so be it. Okay. So it's kind of interesting. But it looks like, and, and now they're talking about those universal, uh, some companies and some airlines will, you know, they have those universal vaccine cards. I know the governor of Florida is against it. And I think the governor of Texas might be against it. New York, I think Stephen and Ace is for it. And I think they're going to have places that, you know, you can go to if you have the vaccine and they can say you can't if you don't. And I don't know if that's legal or not. And then I even heard with like, you know, baseball games, they're going to have like areas where you can go if you're vaccinated and areas. Is that legal? I, I don't know. That's an interesting. Steve, you know, do you so think much... that's legal? That they can require you to get vaccinated? Yeah. I, well, based on the cases I've been seeing, I think that they will see it as an exercise of police power. And I think they can. I mean, you know, that that's something that has yet to be determined. But um, but now if I'm a business, let's say I'm, I'm a restaurant owner and I own my own, hey, you're a restaurant owner. If I'm a restaurant owner, it could be any business, though. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. And I want to say, hey, if you want to come to my restaurant, I have to see your vaccine card. If it's my business, can I, can I do what I want? Yes. Or is that discrimination? No, I don't think it is discrimination. Um, it, well, at least it's not discrimination for a protected class. It, so it's it's it may be discrimination, but it's not illegal. Um, and uh, because it's not race, color, creed, national origin, uh, and or disability, for example, it has to fall into a protected class. So for those who don't want to get the vaccine, um, for whatever reasons. Um, you might find yourself restricted in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, am I, guess, am I sensing that correctly? I think, I think you are. I think. And how does that work in Canada? Well, in, in Canada, I, I think, you know, everyone, there's lots of campaigns encouraging people to get the vaccine. And, uh, you know, we have social medicine. So you, you kind of, you know, no one is threatened that if you don't get the vaccine, you won't be covered with medic Medicare. Um, but I, I think the positive thing is, look, it's like the flu. Everyone should get vaccine vaccinations, and we're probably going to need boosters every year. Right. And that's, that's the way it is. I, I got, I got my first Pfizer, and I'm a little disappointed. The um, you're supposed to get the second 21 days later. What they've done in Canada, they've delayed it. 16 weeks so we're supposed to wait 16 weeks um you know i'm not that worried about it because i'm still sort of social distancing wearing a mask and doing what you need to do and pfizer i think came out and said you need a third dose a year after your first and 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 i think they're all talking 
you know, the guy who invented Moderna is a Canadian, very smart guy from University of Toronto, and they're even talking booster shots already. So I think we all know that. And what happened to the flu? It's gone. It's fine. Yeah, just make sure you got enough vaccinations and let's try to get back to the new normal and, uh, <laughs> you know, get to get to New York and hopefully I'll see you soon. We were, do you remember, I was going to come down last February. Yes. We're going to work yeah. on a few ventures and then this thing hit and uh, we've been sort of stuck. You know, we've both been stuck. You've been a little more free to get around. We, we've sort of yeah, had more. Yeah, I was out in the Hamptons. Actually, I actually did a Kentucky Derby party on uh, Kentucky <laughs> Derby Day. One of the restaurant owners in the Hamptons and myself uh, and the owner of Dan's Papers just got together and said, you know, everybody's, you know, wants to see each other and everybody would love to get together. So this restaurant has a big outside. And uh, we did. And, you know, just seeing people and talking to people and seeing them in person. Although I I would say, Ace, you've been in the city most of the time. No, but you travel a lot. It's been tough for the city and for really to hats off to all the people in New York City because they really had very strict rules. And I really saw in New York City, most people abided by them, uh, really did the right thing and did, followed all the rules. When I went to Florida, I thought it was just another country. <laughs> like everybody was hanging out, they were at bars, there was no social distancing. So who knows? Okay, what are you seeing, Ace? Same here, Dottie. You know, coming from New York, we've been so responsible. Uh, and and uh, like you, Dottie, I was in uh, Tampa in Florida <laughs> and, and Charlotte, by the way. And, you know, I felt like I was in a different country. I'm like, I'm the only one wearing a mask inside the restaurant. So I have to say hats off to New York. Uh, we've done a great job. And you know what? Um, the city is coming back to life. You know, we were talking about, you know, the city coming fully, fully coming back um, in July. And I think you see the hustle and bustle now. It. You know, so it's it's great to see, Dottie. I mean, I've been here. I've never left since the pandemic. And oh, you know, I, I, I can it. tell you it's night and day. And, you know, I lived on Long Island most of my life. And then, I mean, I, I, I went to the city all the time for social things. But then when I, you know, started when we bought Douglas Elliman and I, you know, I, I moved there. And now I couldn't leave it. There's something so special about New York City. And I tell people that the world should learn a lesson from New York City because it really does accept everyone, um, anything, uh, every religion, every language, every color, every anything. I mean, like the new cowboy, I haven't seen him walk around yet. Maybe it was a little cold this year. But, you know, you can walk around nude and they don't care. Like, so it's, and somehow it all works. And it's when I, and it's so, and, and I think you grow from being around different people who have different backgrounds, who come from different countries. Uh, so I, uh, I, and New Yorkers are resilient. Uh, they, you know, I watched it during 9 11 when people said, we're going back, we're not leaving the city, they're not going to get us out of here, they can attack us again, we're not going. Okay, we are here, we are New Yorkers. And that's the same thing now. Uh, people really, now there are people that fled because they were afraid. But I would say a lot of them were people that were leaving more for tax reasons. 
okay? And that said, you know, Florida, the taxes are a lot less. And so maybe I was thinking of going there in three or four years. I think I'll just go there now. And with working, with being able to work from home, you could really live in a lot of different places. So, uh, but I just think New York's very special and I'm so thrilled it's, it's back and people are excited, they're happy. Uh, we still have stores that have to open up and that's why we talked about that with Steve because, you know, I think they have to really work something out for store owners so we can get them back and running. But from, and I don't want to be political, but the, we really have to clean the city up. This mayor has let it go. I think they had a correspondent, you know, somebody speaking for the mayor saying, oh, well, we didn't have the money during the pandemic. So that's why we let the garbage overflow. So we got to clean it up. But I'm involved with a lot of things. There's so many groups, you know, citizens for New York City. Really, I will say that New York comes together. They get together. They work together. And we fought to get it back. And as Ace said, I believe, you know, it's cold. So it's hard to eat outside cold. But it's back. And people are just so happy. Because we were really had, I think, one of the strictest. I think probably New York was the strictest with co-ops you can know this Stephen. you couldn't even get your mother you couldn't even see your mother go visit her that's how strict it was so i'm hoping that we're finally reaching like the apex where it's going to start winding down and hopefully and we're hoping to see a lot more canadians buy in in, in the states because they do uh what about you steve maybe you'll get a dual citizenship well, interesting. My dad was born, my late dad was born in Philadelphia. So I think I'm probably eligible. I better speak to Steve about it. Maybe he could, uh, you know, get me a dual citizenship. Yeah, but you've always loved New York. We, we met, we were both, they, your company was a, one of the biggest companies, real estate companies in Canada, family owned. And we were both at Merrill Lynch, I believe. Well, then Prudential. Prudential. I remember going to Prudential in New Jersey and uh, I wanted to go out for a walk and they said, please don't go out for a walk. It's too dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember the first time I visited the corporate uh, Prudential. In, and in I, New York. Yeah, it was dangerous. I, I said, oh my goodness. Okay. Because the Prudential really pays most of the taxes there. So, uh, but in any event, we know each other for so many years and I was really fortunate to be part of the Prudential in Maryland because I, we had relationships with people really around the country. And I remember you always coming to New York City because you always loved it. So in saying that, um, where do Canadians usually buy in New York? Uh, in, 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 I mean, I think I could guess a few places in the States. Is there particular places that they gravitate towards? Well, the, it's interesting because it's sort of, there, there's a, a natural directional flow it seems that Eastern Canadians, the French Canadians out of Quebec and Montreal, like to go to South Florida. A lot of them are in Fort Lauderdale and Hollywood. Um, you know, Ontario goes kind of to South Florida. I know um, they're going to Palm Beach, Miami. And Naples. Yeah, for sure they go West Coast. I mean, it's definitely Naples, uh, Sarasota. So they're going, they're going East and West Coast. Um, there's a bunch of uh, Canadians have had an affinity for the Carolinas. I know that Eastern Canadians and Western Canadians are are tending to um, 
sort of be snowbirds in Arizona and California. Um, so a lot of people, I, you know, Palm Springs, they're coming from Vancouver, going to California, uh, going to Arizona and going to, um, you know, mainly those two places, California and Arizona. And then we're going to be right back when we talk about Pink Floyd because there's two questions for Stephen Wagner. Uh, we'll be right back with we'll two questions and then we're going to start to talk about Pink Floyd. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's frontline heroes since 9-11 when so many people lost their lives while saving others. This year is the foundation's 20th year of honoring and supporting our nation's greatest heroes and their families thanks to the support of generous people like you. When a first responder or military service member does not come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family stability. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling our country's most severely injured patriots to live more independent lives. Help Tunnel to Towers to do good. Mark the 20th anniversary of 9-11 by donating $11 a month month at t2t.org that's t the number two t.org thank you for your support tell me why relief factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain i'm often asked that question pete and seth talbot the father and son founders of relief factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal that's right designed to heal and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel is built around real life. It teaches you practical conversations that you will actually use. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join us for the Safe Money Radio Show Saturday afternoon at 3. You can also call now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Information Kit and 115-page Safe Money Book at 844-751-SAFE. That's 844-751-SAFE. 844-751-7233. The Safe Money Radio Show Sunday afternoon at 3 on AM 970. The Answer. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. 
We're back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. And of course, you can email me at dottieherman.com. You can go to our Facebook page, which is called Iron Real Estate, and get to any one of our links. Uh, of course, you can always call the show, 866-970-9622. And I'm thrilled to be here with my co-host, Ace Bar Supar, our financial expert, Stephen Wagner, who is our legal expert and uh, our Canadian real estate correspondent, Stephen Moranis, and of course, myself, Dottie Herman. I consider myself a pretty good real estate expert, although no one knows everything. But the big thing to know is know what you don't know. That's smart people know what they don't know. They don't try to know everything. And then they go to the right people. And that is why you see the team that we put together who are all related to real estate but have different specialties. And so we work with a real estate attorney. We work with a financial institution uh, that knows real estate. And when you put a good team together, you're sure to win. Uh, I'm going to take a quick question and then we're going to talk about bidding wars. And hopefully, Stephen, you can stay on the line. But Stephen Wagner, before we go on, I didn't get your, I didn't give out your number and how people can reach you. Oh, um, uh, they can call uh, me at 917-843-9296. That's, uh, I pick up that phone directly, actually. See, you're speaking to the real thing. That's what I love. You don't have to get a middle, lot of middlemen. Okay, so uh, let's just see. We have uh, some questions here, and I'm trying to see. Uh, these are old questions. Is there somebody on the line? I think there is. Yeah, let's get this right. Let's get it. Come on, man. You can hear me, Dottie? Yes, I can. Tommy. All right. right. Yeah, this is Tommy from uh, Mars Park Tommy, in the Bronx. Right. right. First of all, real estate. We're glad Right. You guys have a great show. First of all, the, the gentleman from Canada, you have socialized medicine over there. And it's like uh, you got to wait, you know, um, 10 months to have your tooth pulled up there. And it's not it's just a horrible show that's taking place. And you know that. Don't compare it. I mean, we're getting you talked about um, people buying all over America, top places, Florida, Texas and a couple of, they're bringing their politics with them, too. Don't, don't forget that. And that will change Florida and Texas forever. It will no longer be Republican states. And also, um, before I get to my question, let's give a, a take a hats off and tap a hats to the firemen out in Long Island who put out some really vicious fires this, this past week. People don't know those gentlemen, um, go from, those gentlemen go from the fires to their regular jobs. And those guys really did a hell of a job. I heard there's a billionaire listening and do the right thing for those firehouses. All right. Now, I'm just looking at the renovations in New York City. Thank you, and Tommy, because hats off to those. Thank you, Tommy, because really hats off to those firemen. They did an incredible you, job. You um, better believe it. Okay, and so I, what's your question? All right. Okay, the question is um, home ownership. People actually own, own the homes and live in them uh, in Single-family homes or two, three, four-family homes in New York City are people the all home homeowners live there. Are they renovating? Because you got to remember the tipping scale. We almost were Detroit 40, 50 years ago. It wasn't only for the tough kids in those neighborhoods in New York City that really saved this city. Now, there's, there's a tipping scale. I know we want to be all put our happy face on and everything, but people are leaving because of crime. I'm wondering are people renovating their homes? The small homeowners. 
Are we talking about New York City? Or you New York about City, suburbs? yes. I know around what the country. Is, yeah, because people will not renovate their homes if they know that they're, they're leaving or they don't feel confident that there's a future here. They're not going to put money into it. I mean, you, people have a lot of money. They do whatever they want. A lot of people, homeowners well, at that small scale, well, don't have I that would, kind of money. Okay, what I would tell you, and I think my hands are right on top of it, I'm in the real estate business, and certainly my, my office is in New York City. Um, first of all, there's a lot of mostly buildings. So as far as renovation goes, in most part, you can only renovate your inside because the building itself, the owners have to do that. So it's not like a single family home. And in New York City, there's townhouses, but there's not that many of them. So I would say, but yes. And what we see people moving to larger headquarters, like we see young people moving in who always wanted to live in the city, but were priced out. And we also see people now who, as Stephen said before, are going to be working from home or at least partly working from home. So space has become very important to them. So they're looking for uh, actually home offices. They're looking for larger apartments in New York City. So we see people trading up uh, because originally people, if they, when we got hit with the pandemic, maybe they sat in their bedroom and did Zoom. Now they kind of want their own office because it's going to be the new normal. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't see anybody, you know, now if you're leaving, uh, obviously if you're leaving the city, you're probably not going to renovate or you're going to, but you might paint and fix up just to sell it for more. So, but I, I have uh, no reason to have any concern other than one thing I will agree with you on. I mean, as far as the city, it's coming back. People want to be there, as Stephen Morana said, it's still one of, the, one of the most sought after locations. I will tell you that I feel that the city has not been as safe as it should be. And I believe that's due to during the pandemic. Uh, they let out all the shelters, the homeless shelters, and some of the people in the homeless shelters are have mental uh, problems and uh, are not well. Let's put it that way. And then they let out all the jails. And then, of course, we have no bail anymore. I hope they bring that back. There should be bail again. Uh, so if you did a crime and you get booked, you don't have to pay bail. You get back. So I do think the city, and then with the whole thing with the police that's happening, which uh, that's a whole other show. Uh, I think, yes, I think crime has gone up. I, I can tell you that, you know, as a woman, um, I'm not afraid of the city, but the city before the pandemic, New York City was the number one safest large city in the United States of America. Um, I don't believe it's that. I don't know what number it is. So I think we really have to do uh, some cleaning up and we really have to try to get to make it a little bit safer than it, than it feels like now. And I think uh, that's because of a lot of factors, but I but we're all working on that, but that's a good question. And uh, I, I happen to agree with you, but that's not making me move. So in any event, we were going to talk about bidding wars because all over the country, they're bidding wars and people are going way above bidding of, of asking price. And Stephen, I, I believe the same thing's happening in Canada. So if you're a buyer eight, I mean, like if you're a buyer and you're under, uh, you, you make an offer and things are going so quickly that it's really almost incredible. 
and and you find yourself in a bidding war, how can you win that? I mean, if you really want to win. Okay, so I, I have a few tips. Please, everyone, add on if you can. But Ace, one of the things that Ace has been telling you since um, he's been on the show, okay, <laughs> which is years, uh, get pre-approved, pre-approved for a mortgage, okay, before beginning a house search. Because if you're in a bidding war, war and you haven't been pre-approved, okay, and you're not a cash buyer, um, and you're up against people that have been pre-approved or cash buyers, I doubt you're going to have a chance, even if your offer is higher. I mean, I'm not saying that you couldn't, but that is really important. If you have all cash, I would tell you, present an all cash offer. Why? Because if you're a seller, the only thing, you don't have to worry about anything. It's a done deal and there's no risk involved. So sometimes an all-cash offer will win over a higher offer. So if you can pay all-cash, which we see in the bidding wars, a lot of them are all-cash. Matter of fact, at the NAR, I think, and I forgot the number, but there's been more all-cash buyers this year than ever before. So present it in all-cash if you can. You might have to increase your offer. Uh, you might want to eliminate contingencies, like you know, um, a mortgage is a contingency. Uh, I don't really recommend it, but you know, I'm not telling you what to do. I always like to get a, a, an engineer's report. I always recommend that you should have an engineer's report. I tell people you never know what's wrong with the house, but I guess if uh, you're in a bidding war and you want to eliminate and take the risk of the house. And again, you know, some things you can see, some things you can't. Uh, you know, if I were a homeowner and there were two offers, one had a contingent and engineers report and one didn't, I'd pick the one without it also. So if you do that, uh, you work with a good agent, uh, be flexible, you know, work with the homeowner on closing dates that work to the homeowner. I would think if you're not putting a all cash offer in, at least put a decent down payment. Um, any uh, tips you want to give, Ace, on the final? Dottie, I think there's a break coming up, but when we get back, uh, definitely have a couple tips for our listeners. Yeah, because you know that's all you're seeing is bidding wars now. So, and by the way, don't bid up so far that you are going to but you have to know what to stop okay you have to know what your financing is for okay because you don't want to put yourself in a hole that you can't get out of just to win something so everything is with a reason you have to know your financing we'll finish talking about the bidding war and what you should do if you're a seller okay we'll be right back Ah, tax season. Opening that confirmation email and... What? Someone already filed my return? During tax season, all the info identity thieves need is on your tax forms. That's why LifeLock monitors your personal information, alerts you to possible suspicious activity, and works to fix it if you become a victim. 
No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code SMART. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hello, I'm Dr. Ed Safin from Procure Proton Therapy Center located in Somerset, New Jersey. You may be surprised to know that one in seven men will experience a prostate cancer diagnosis in their life. One in seven. So if you or a friend or family member are facing prostate cancer, make sure you do your homework before choosing a treatment strategy to understand that in most cases, invasive surgery is not the only option. Procure's Proton Therapy offers a customized, safe, and effective treatment option with an exceptional patient experience and no downtime. For more information or take a next step, please visit www.procure.com or call 855-3-PROTON, 855-3-PROTON. Let me or one of my colleagues help you make the right decision. Discover the Procure difference, precision therapy, passionate care. Craving delicious Italian food? Well, Michael's of Brooklyn is back again. Indoor seating is now available for diners by reservation only, and spaces are limited. Michael's follows all the CDC guidelines to ensure the safety and health of their patrons and employees. Have that signature Italian dish indoors. For reservations, call 718-998-7851. That's 718-998-7851. Michael's of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back and we're giving you some tips. I'm going to get them from an attorney. I'm going to get them from our finance guy. I'm giving you some myself. If you're in a bidding war and we're seeing so many homes across the country and in Canada uh, go into bidding wars. and what, from what I'm seeing, people are not going up a little. They're really going way up. Um, so we're going to give you some tips. So I've given you some. I mean, Ace, you want to talk about the financing uh, piece of that? Uh, we told you about pre-approvals and, you know, pre you, you need to have that. Ace, you want to tell people again how to get them? Yeah, Dottie. I mean, so pre-approval is probably uh, the first step right? Um, in terms of um, putting together a solid offer with your real, real estate agent. And in order to get a pre-approval, um, it's really simple. Contact a, a loan officer. Um, here contact you. Can contact, you. contact me, right? Contact anyone at Citizens Bank and um, make sure you have your uh, paperwork in order, meaning 
um, you know, when you talk to the loan officer and you're looking to get a pre-approval, they'll run your credit, make sure that, you know, anything revolving around your credit and what you can do preemptively just to prepare is once a year, just check your credit. You, you can go to, you know, um, freecreditscore.com and really look at, you know, where you are um, yearly just to make sure that you're prepared. Next, your income, make sure you have your W-2s, your pay subs put together. And then last but not least, your bank statements, make sure you have enough down payment. And that's, that kind of goes into my, um, my tips of the day, right? Um, not only do you need to get a pre-approval, but obviously the more down payment you can put down, the more secure the seller's um, sees you financially. So, you know, sometimes um, putting as little down is great, but if you're in a bidding war, putting down a larger down payment can make a difference in terms of the seller feeling secure. And last but not least, you know, if you can write a letter, you know, really, you know, talk to the seller on why you love this apartment or house or, or whatnot. Sometimes it's not always about money. It's about, you know, them kind of leaving their home to someone else that they feel comfortable with. So I've seen so many different tactics, but again, you know, a lot, you know, I, I, I am going to advise everybody that in this market, what you want to do is work with a really, really good real estate agent because to Dottie's point, you don't want to overbid, you don't want to underbid, but the real estate agent usually has a pulse on, on what price is going to really make the deal. And if you really but- like it, I would say, don't, you know, really go in with your best foot forward, right? Because I think in the, today's market, it's very competitive. So, well, we're going to talk about that because I, I know we're going to end up doing this, finishing it up next week, but there's all different kinds of bidding wars and it depends yes. on the way they lay it out. Sometimes you just have one chance. It's correct. Your best exactly. One but shot. Let me just say this right now, we're not, now we're going to give tips to the seller on what, how they should, we think they should conduct a bidding war. But if you're a buyer and you're competing, if you don't have a pre-approval, so you have to have that pre-approval before you start looking for properties. Definitely. You don't want to go into a bidding board saying, oh, yes, but I'm going to be getting a pre-approval. Okay? Because then they're not going to be interested. You need to have that. So if I stress anything, get that pre-approval before you even start that home buying process. Okay? Uh, and then if you... Don't find the home. I, mean, I don't know how they long they last. What they last about three months, four months. They last ninety. They last ninety days, Dottie, and it, and so it's then free if you didn't to, buy to renew. The home, so okay, so if I ha- I got a pre, it's to say I get a pre approval now. I'm going to start my home search. There's not a lot of inventory. I haven't found the home. Yep. The ninety days pass. I just how do I keep it active? You just submit. You just submit new documentation because the docs expire after ninety days. And uh, it's very common, uh, Dottie, in today's marketplace. I've worked with clients that have been looking for a home for for the last ten months, Dottie. It's it's so uh, it's it's such a crazy market out there, you know. Yeah. So so that is key. You'll never win it without having a pre approval. Okay. Yeah. So you've got to do that, and if you went past the ninety days, you got to renew it. Yep. Steve, Steve Wagner, as an attorney, yeah. and as the advice that you would give your clients. With you know, getting involved well, with the business, I th- I think there's been a lot of good advice already. Um, you gave a great list. Uh, Ace contributed with uh, pre-approval and um, uh, uh, larger down payment. Um, I I didn't hear anybody say close sooner. Um, you know, uh, 
obviously there has to be time for somebody to uh, get a title report and uh, uh, you know give it to the seller so they could clear title. But um, those typically can be received fairly quickly. And uh, uh, you know if you can assure them that you'll close in 30 days or 45 days or something like that, um, that will give an advantage too. Um, one thing that I've seen recently, and I'd like to ask maybe Ace and, and Stephen about, is that uh, I've seen appraisals coming in lower as a result of using comps during the pandemic. And um, obviously more cash up front uh, will resolve that problem. But uh, is that something you guys have experienced? And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I have one guy right now, one uh, client who called me up, uh, he wanted to refinance, just refinance his existing mortgage. And um, the appraisal came in significantly lower than uh, he thought was the current market because of the pandemic. And he can't refinance the principal amount. Have you guys seen any of that? So Stephen, I can tell you on my end, on the mortgage side, we haven't seen too many on the refinance side, Stephen, but on the purchase side, definitely, because there's been such a, um, you know, increase in price that the comps can't keep up with the, uh, with the, with the homes being listed. Right. Um, so, so properties being, being um, in contract are a lot higher than the latest comps from last year. So, you know, it's it's hasn't been a problem because clients are willing to make up the difference. But in a case where a client is highly leveraging themselves, that's where we get into issues. But for the most part, um, Stephen, luckily I've seen a lot of a lot of folks just willing to make up the difference between the appraisal and the um, and the contract price. But you are so on on the ball. Uh, we've been seeing that so many, so many times. Uh, with the market just being on fire the way it is today, so so cash cash is king. Cash is king, cash, and the more cash you can put down is a very important factor. If you're correct, yeah, Dottie. If if all the comments are really good, and I think with multiple offers, I think there's a fundamental sort of um, problem with the system. And that is the buyer agents. Look, I think agents are worth their salt. I think they work hard. The ones who make good money give good advice, etc. But the process of blind bidding with multiple offers and and uh, a survey came out last week that half of um, half the listings are sold in a week in the U.S. and nearly half go for more than asking price. Well, the ones that are going for more than asking price are multiple offers. Obviously, the trouble with the multiple offers and the blind bidding is there's no guidance for anyone. If you and I went to buy uh, to a Sotheby's or Christie's art auction and it's open bidding and you see the price keeps going up and up and up by 50,000 or a hundred thousand. Right. The technology today is available to have open bidding. I'm not saying eliminate agents, use the agents and people would, I think that the, the bids, if the market's that sort of crazy, um, properties that sell for a half a million more than asking may even sell for more. I mean, here's the real problem. And I, I throw it over to Stephen Wagner, the lawyer. How about all the guys who bought houses and paid a hundred, 200, 300,000 more than the second best offer? You know, the regulator should be as concerned about um, 
you know, how the buyers as consumers are treated, not just the sellers. And until the system is opened up with open bidding, like, you know, and it can be online. Well, I hear your point, but let me just, you know, and that's not a pandemic problem. I mean, that's been around forever. That's just For the sure. way bidding is. For sure. Okay. But most agents um, are working for the buyers. Okay. So if you're an agent who's a buyer's agent, a uh, seller's, excuse me. So if you're working for the sellers, you are obligated to work for the seller's best interest, not the buyer's. So you're not, you know, first of all, I can tell you, I've been in bidding wars, we've been for years. The, the agents don't necessarily know. They don't really tell the agents what the offer, the listing broker generally never tells the agents what the offers are. Okay, I mean, I mean, anything can happen. Somebody can give you a tip, but usually they don't. And so when you're putting an offer in, you have to kind of, it's like an auction. You kind of have to guess, you know, on, hey, what's going to be an offer that I'm not going to over, that, that, you know, I don't want to spend $200,000 more when I, when I, when I only had to spend a hundred thousand dollars more. Well, but why, that's, but, that's but not Dottie, Dottie, why and, should you just. You should, let me say this. As a buyer, you know, they've asked me to be on a show and they rejected me because they said, you're going to be doing a show on uh, on people buying, uh, you know, all over the country and bidding and this and that. And I said, I'm not going to bid up like to a point that's a ridiculous number in my mind or something I can't afford just to win. Okay, so it's about winning but it's also about winning and not hurting yourself when you're winning. Now, if you can afford to put $200,000 more and it's not going to hurt your pocketbook and you really want that home, so be it. Okay? But you don't want to be bidding and you really can't afford it. Oh, my God. We're going to have to finish this next week. I, I didn't really know. This was such a great show. I wanted to thank everyone. I enjoyed this show tremendously. We, this is a big subject. It's going on now. We're going to continue it all next week. I hope you all come back next week. And we'll continue talking about the video. Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. It's Mother's Day. And don't forget to call your mom or anybody who is active. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.